From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 418, and today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Curley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Ciao, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> Ciao, Mike Curley. Ciao, why, why are we Why are we chowing today? Did you I have just no get idea. off the phone with Federico? Nope, just came no? into my mind. Who could know well, why? Well, I mean... I, I mean, we're going to be talking about some Italian pins later. Maybe, maybe that's why. That's maybe it's just subliminal messaging to you, Mike, over a, a certain pin that we will be discussing later in this show. But first, we have a lot of updates and follow up to do. Um, we have our weekly sailor segment where certain people will tune. Out. No one's tuning out. No one's. Uh, I know. Out. I know. I know. It's we'll we'll, we'll get to that. I, I have comments as uh, as I always do. But first, let's update our Kickstarter progress. Um, I have some movement in the Retro Fifty One world. The pins have been shipped back to Retro Fifty One as of yesterday because they reported to me that the number rings were in route to them so now the rings need to meet the pins and be part swapped out and stickered up on the boxes so you know that's that's probably the biggest delay that's you know yep. 888 pins where they're gonna have to manually intervene on every single pin so i don't expect them back anytime i expect them back in august basically at this point and then uh, we'll be able to start shipping from then but uh, the posters are all but done um i don't have them in hand yet but uh Anna and Bob have been sending me pictures. They look fantastic. And so we'll get everything rolling for shipping. Hopefully starting in August, but we'll just, we don't, I don't know. I can't confirm that date at all yet, but that's kind of at least what my mental math is telling me when I'll have things ready to go. So we'll just see. Maybe the bigger news, although I think the, the pen for everyone is really what they want, but we had a big rash of pin shows cancel this week. Um, finally made some updates on the pending San Francisco show in the end of August. The Chicago pin show in the middle of September and the Dallas pin show at the end of September all got kind of got together, put out a joint update on the FP Geeks website, maybe in other places as well. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, they were canceling this year. Just fine, just like straight up canceling. Like San Francisco was holding out to see what everything looked like since they were one of the later shows, you know, at the end of August. Chicago was in May, but it moved twice trying to work around, you know, all the the COVID-19 challenges we're having. And then Dallas was at the end of September, which we were planning on going to, um which we're obviously not now. So well, um we won anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. We'd I mean, already mentioned it on the show, but like, yes. Even if Dallas would have gone ahead, we we would not have been in attendance unless something miraculous had happened. Uh, yeah. And you know, yeah, we're running I love the, the United States of America right now <laughs> with so much of my heart, and all my friends are there. But you're not getting me to America anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, right? and I don't like, blame you. And nor would I ask. I wouldn't ask people to come. That's the thing. Is like we when we were talking about Atlanta way back in the in the in the almost before times but in not quite the, the, the beginning times march. yeah in the ides of march we're talking about atlanta and it's like we cannot put people in the in a situation where they have to decide whether they're going to come hang out with us that's like just improper and not the right thing to do so that was that decision back then we knew this was going to be the decision for us in dallas and now it's actually just official official instead of just regular official so We'll see. There's still pin shows right now that I guess are waiting and seeing. Um, I, really? I this year I we've said it a million times. I think this year's just kind of done. Right, you so we write have it off like just yes, yeah. you know. So we have Colorado, Detroit, and Columbus in the U.S. We have Toronto. Um, we have Japan later in the yeah, fall, beginning I mean, like, of winter. Japan could go. Toronto maybe, could even go. I mean, I don't well, know yeah, what it's like yeah. there, but I know the situation is different in Canada. Uh, right. But I, I will be honest, I don't. I haven't been keeping track of what's happening in mm-hmm. Toronto. Because I know, like, Quebec is, is suffering, but I know that Canada has had a better response. Yeah, um, yeah. Japan, you know, it's a very different world. Uh, yeah. Further, further right east. Right now, I know they're planning on going on. Yeah. And I, th- I want to say it's middle, end of October, something like that. Yeah. I, I I don't have the date in front of me. 
But yeah, needless to say, you and I will not be in any pen shows until no. next year at a no. minimum. No. And I think that's kind of that pretty much goes for everyone, which mm-hmm. which stinks, but that's that's the situation. Yeah. That we're in right now. So, so we'll have another video. We will put up another video for uh, backers towards mm-hmm. the end of summer. Yeah. We don't know what that's going to be yet, honestly. Um, yeah. But we'll work on that. We'll work on that, figure out something to do. And then once we get everything shipped and finalized, like when I order, have, pay for all the shipping that I have to do and pay for all the packing supplies that I have for the campaign. Once I have a dollar amount left over that would normally go to our travel budget, um, I'll let everyone know and we'll figure out, um, we'll be transparent with what we're going to do with that money. You know, probably just apply it to whatever we do next year, going to mm-hmm. Tokyo in two years or something like that. So Yeah, so that's, the, we'll, which is the thing that we've mentioned. My personal vote is to hold that money for the 2022 Tokyo Pen Show budget. Right. But we'll work it out later on. Yep, that's almost certainly what we're going to do. So, but I'll I just want to be transparent with everyone what that dollar amount is by the time all of the uh shipping expenses are out, which is tens of thousands of dollars with, you know, shipping fees and um supplies, which you know, we're all accounted for in the budget, so. All right. So, yeah, you know, pretty pretty bummed, but it, the writing was on the wall and if you thought otherwise, I I I doubt anyone really in this community did. Uh, think that this wasn't going to take place. So we'll just hope that everyone gets on the path the rest of this year so we can have pen shows again next year. But yeah, that's a coin flip at this point, unfortunately. So um, let's reset the mood, Mike. <laughs> just like last week, we had to set the mood with the Jeherbong candles. Or I guess I should say Jacques Herbon. I keep typing Jeherbong. I'm not used to their fancy lineup yet. These are scented candles, Mike, which we were a little bit confused uh-huh. and beating around the bush last week. It makes sense that they're scented. The bottle actually says Le Ancre Parfumé, but they're not. I mean, that's that's scented ink, basically, but they don't explicitly say it in the marketing, um, even though we kind of beat around the bushes like these got to be scented right so i got some emails on this of course and i appreciate everyone reaching out so a couple of things came out of the emails number one that these inks were the scented inks that they launched earlier this year and they are terrible i think is what everyone is saying the ink on the smell the ink okay so they're getting past, people are getting past the smell. Like this, the scented ink is fine, but the performance of the ink is some of the worst performing ink that people are repeatedly um, said to me, like different people at different times saying just how poor the ink performs. So um, I found that interesting. I still want to get one of the candles. Like I'm, I'm totally getting one of the candles, but I will not, I'm not going to touch this ink at all. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, like it just might not be the reason, but... I feel like if you start messing with the chemistry, right, which right. they've had to do to get the smells, you do run into a potential issue of, of imbalancing the typical properties for what a fountain pen ink can be. Yep, yep. Secondly, I had a um, uh, a French language emailer uh, uh, comment, comment on our comment of this isn't translated. This is just the English. And their response was, it's just as bad in French. So (laughs) I feel, I feel okay with that. Like they were, they weren't knocking anything that we said. They were saying, yeah, it's pretty bad in French too. I had someone contact me and say that, um, barely cut could mean freshly cut. Yeah. That was our discussion. Yeah. Which I agree with, but still stand by the fact that they use the wrong word then. Yeah. And also they didn't need to use that word at all in the copy. (laughs) Uh, I have follow-up on that, Mike. I am on the Bleu Plentitude Inc. page, and it uses the phrase it uses a different phrase in the marketing. So it is the scent of newly cut hay Mm. in the in the ink bottle marketing, but they changed it to the barely cut hay in the candle i went and i went to go look and see if they had actually changed it or something like that but it's no it's still the same it still says barely cut hay um but on the ink page it says newly cut hay which goes into our conversation around hey this is i still cut, don't think freshly cut it, grass that, that, that it's needed even like yeah. you could just say hey yeah uh <laughs> i don't i don't think that 
that that really that many people would be able to even tell you what hay smells like, let mm-hmm. alone whether it's newly or barely cut. But mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. that's just me, Brad. Yeah, and I I just wish the marketing would be more explicit that it is a scented ink. Like you read it and you assume that it is scented, but they use the word. I mean, it says like Ancre Parfume on the bottle, which, okay, like I, I understand that it's a scented ink, but like even the marketing doesn't say like this is a scented ink. It says it evokes aromas, right? That That's a feeling, right? So I don't know. I just find the, the whole smell. thing interesting. Yeah, you feel the smell. So anyway, I'm still going to get a candle though. All right. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know if I have to order it from, from uh, Jacques Carbon. I'll have to see if I can order it somewhere in the US. Who knows? So- some years ago, there's a company called 12 South, I think they're called. Sure. Sounds familiar. And they make Apple products, right? Yes. Like accessories and stuff like that. They made a candle that smells like a new Mac. Yeah. I kind of, this is ringing a bell. Yeah. This is just something, I don't know why, but that just reminded me of it. I'll put a link in yeah. the show notes to friend and co-founder Stephen Hackett. He unboxed <laughs> and smelled it on his YouTube channel. <laughs> well, CW Pencils has the, um, the, the sharpened pencil perfume. Right? Do it's they? Supposed, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's so funny. Yep. Yep. But see, you see, the candle and the number two pencil perfume, which is hilarious. I'm assuming these things are done in jest a little. Like, I know that the candle was. Uh, and I'm assuming that, like, the pencil perfume was, like, you know, a little bit, like, this is a cute thing to do. Yeah, no one's staking their business on that exact product. That's no. part of a bigger thing. Let's, and say, I hey, let's have this fun. don't think that that's the attitude that Jacques and Bon uh, are going for <laughs> with uh, with their scented candle links. Yeah. So, so what attitude is Sailor going for in these next three links I have listed in here, which is, is a lot to talk about. So, safe with the first one. To- yeah, totally. So we're talking about the Sailor Pro Gear King of Pen Midnight Sky, also called the Pillow Book Edition, which just came out. Um, so go ahead with your initial thoughts. You you've you've laid it out pretty pretty simply right there. It's a very safe king of pen, which always frustrates me. I, I want the king of pens to be big and brash, but this is just a dark blue king of pen with uh rhodium. Is it yeah, rhodium plated yeah. nib and trim. Um I mean it's fine, right? Yeah. Like this is but, your great this is a great first king of pen. This is not a king of pen I would be interested in buying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you could be right that if I didn't already own a Pro Gear, which was awesome to begin with, and now is even more awesome because it's been a Rushi lacquered, uh, <laughs> I would, you know, maybe at a pen show consider this one, right? But mm-hmm. I wouldn't lay down the retail $1,020 for this pen. Science yeah, so scene. that that was actually my question. So, like, yeah. the street price on these is eight sixteen. Like, I'm looking at at Penn Chalet, and that's yeah. that's the consistent street price in the U.S. across the board. That's more than we have ever paid for a king of pen, right? Is is that a price increase? I don't feel like I've uh, paid anything over like low seven hundred for like my nineteen eleven, my mm. most recent one. I don't know the eight hundred range feels. That feels right to me, but I don't remember what I paid for my 1911, mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. only one that I bought uh, from a retailer. Yeah. Well, like, so. okay, so the 1911 on uh, Nibsmith is 880. Hmm. The Tangerine. Yeah. I, so I, the I 800 hmm. range feels, that, that's like, for me, that feels what I okay. expect for a King of Pen. Yeah, but man, that just makes so many even I've I still have them pictured like these the Pro Gear 1911 models like in the 6 to 700 range, like a little over 700. It's probably and what you can get them for from yeah. the right person at a pen show, but Maybe. not at retail. Which at that price is just ridiculous. So even paying even more, that's it's a big ask. Like this is I I'm on record saying I love the King of Pen. It's the most overpriced pen on the market. It just is for what it 
technically is. Um, but I, that's not going to prevent me from buying one. If the if the Witch one came out, the Wicked Witch of the West had a King of Pin, I would have bought it. I promise you. Man, my um, Wicked Witch of the West is stuck somewhere right now. Oh uh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, is it has it made it to the UK? It has been like uh, in transit from America for mm-hmm. like a week now. Mm-hmm. So like the 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 most recent tracking information says dispatched. So it's been pre- it was preparing for dispatch from June twenty fourth, then mm-hmm. got dispatched on July first to the okay. UK. Not not mm-hmm. from Penchalet. Penchalet sent it out on June twenty second, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been like I mean I've had this I had this as something else recently. I I think well one thing I know is that uh, cargo flight is harder right now to, to yeah. get on uh and the other thing i know is when things are arriving they're being processed more slowly so i mean i've For already sure. ha- i've already had this kind of thing happen but it's just frustrating especially when yeah. i get the customs bill yeah for sure <laughs> so king of pen midnight sky looks great i love the story behind it you know the story about a, a, a court lady and and late 900s early thousands japan in the you know the the emperor's court um or the empress's court um and the stories that she wrote and you know describe this was to describe the night sky and and things like that so that's what it's based on which is great i think it's a it's a cool story so you know we'll see we'll see how this one does um i would be much more compelled to buy one of the 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 slim or the standard mm. in this one than the king of pen this one mm. whereas the the Wicked Witch, I was be compelled to buy the King of Pen as opposed to the standard ones. I don't know why. I can't really explain that. But um, yeah, that's just, just my thoughts on it. This next one, Mike, the new Sailor Cocktail Series. I didn't realize how long the Sailor Cocktail Series has been running. I put a link into the show notes that Pen Sachi did where they started at, at, at Cocktail Series number one. And I was curious, being the Sailor super fan that you are, how many cocktail series pens do you have? Because I have zero. I have zero. You do? I thought you had the, um, what's the orange one that I like so much? Tequila Sunrise? Tequila Sunrise? No, no I don't. The Tequila okay. Sunrise has some you, similarities. You bought the chocolate one. With, no, Did you yeah, buy the orange jet? Yeah, I bought the orange jet, which is not in this, but it has similarities, right? The orange jet was a bung yeah. box. Gotcha. What, who? And they, and they came out around the same time. The cocktail series. It's got to be Sailor directly, I guess. But okay. the way, I don't know, the way I'm reading this page on Pinsachi, which is great because I didn't see. So the first one was called the the Asian Way, and it's saying it just came from Sailor directly. And the second one was Mojito. The first one was in 2011. The second one, Mojito, in 2012. It looks like these are just being released by Sailor and mm-hmm. on and on and on. So um, the first one I recall seeing was Piccadilly Night. And then... Um, like Tequila Sunrise was super popular than Angel's Delight last year. Um, where's the right White Russian? Is the White Russian not in part of the this series as well? Anyway, I don't know. But the new one is called Cure Azure, and I wanted to know what you thought about it. Uh, so one, I I tend to actually quite like the cocktail series, but I just mm-hmm. have never been in a position to get one when I've seen them. So, like, I really like uh, Tequila Sunrise. I like Apres Ski. I like Piccadilly Night uh, and Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, the ones that I really like from this series. But I've just mm-hmm. never, for whatever reason, have never seen them when they've been on sale. Um, mm-hmm. The new one that's coming, which is Cure Azur, mm-hmm. um, is also, that's a really nice one, but it doesn't excite me enough that I'm going to hunt it down. Because... This series I know is is quite coveted by people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like people that I know that are even more uh, heavy collectors than me, which mm-hmm. believe it or not, those people exist for sailor pens. Um, oh, absolutely. They really, this is like a series that everybody really tries to get their hands on. Like, because it's a limited run thing, they tend to do peculiar styling especially like which is becoming stranger and stranger or harder for for sailors to like get a piece which you've not seen on another pen Uh, (laughs) and they do seem to do that a little bit this is going to get to the meta question after the next topic right there's 
so many questions. It's like, yeah, I love the pen. Like, it's great. I probably won't buy it. But just like the Tequila Sunrise was the most perfect pen ever for me. But it's just like you can't buy everything, right? So you just got to wait. And because, you know, there are some things you just need to need to skip because there's going to be other things later. And that's the thing about FOMO, which we're going to talk about that later. See, I will probably, even given the opportunity, not buy the Tequila Sunrise because I have that pen in different pieces, basically. Right. I could make my own if I wanted to. Right. You know? Right, Which is something right. that I was thinking about recently that I have yet to do, but could do, which is, I know you mm-hmm. did it a little bit, to start mixing and matching mm-hmm. some of my Sailor pen parts. Yeah. But there's just something about that that makes me uncomfortable, and I can't really explain what it is. No, I agree with that, because I think the idea is that it's not it's no longer as intended, right? It was intended to be this I, piece. I kind of can't help but respect the artist's decision. Mm-hmm. Especially on the limited editions, like on stock editions, if you have five colors released and you buy two pens with the intention of mixing and matching, that's a more comfortable situation to me than taking like these limited editions made by different companies and just kind of swapping the section to the barrel of them. It's just kind of it's it's more of an oddity than Mm. than like a comfortable fit for me. That's just how I think about it. But some people will just go ahead and, and, and do all that, which I think it's cool, like. You know, when I wrote about it, I was doing it with like Caveco Sports because they're all just so similar and they have all these bright colors and you just swap the sections and barrels and caps and you can make fun little things. It doesn't work for me with something like the the Sailor Pins for reasons like like you mentioned. I had, I bought the 4AM knowing that I had a black ion nib because that was the argument with that pen is like, why didn't they make they ionize the exterior hardware. That doesn't feel didn't... so much to me. Like changing the nib feels yeah. kind of a bit more par for the course, but changing yeah. part of the coloring of the external body seems a little bit like a like I don't know, like something I just don't feel want, like I want to do. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this last little topic, which I just find hilarious, and it's kind of the subscript to what's been going on with sailor these past few years business wise and this is that the sailor gentle ink series is discontinued and you have to say again because they already discontinued this once sailors tracking sailors ink machinations probably line up with the unevenness in their business at the time right so I think the ink business for Sailor, it seems like it's like a it's a good money. It's got to be a good money money maker for them. And the way they have manipulated their ink lineup to go from small to gigantic to somewhat reined in, but not really to I don't know what they're doing these days. <laughs> um, it's just funny to me, like. Now that the Sailor Gentle Inks, and these are, I didn't realize they were North American exclusive, but they've been worldwide before. Uh, the standard colors, Grenade, Epernard, Apricot, Sky High, Ultramarine, and Pesh. So these are the classic Sailor Gentle Inks from like a decade ago. And they went away five or six years ago, then they came back like two years ago. And it's just a whole nightmare of what Sailor has made out of this. But I am not... I don't really care about this because they released series two of their Manio ink lineup, which is the complete replacement for the Sailor Gentle Ink. Um, I know you really don't care about this as much as I do, but I just find it funny and odd and strange business the way Sailor does their inks. Like we had a real problem with them two years ago. I want to say when they really upped the price on their inks without having with this is when the gentle inks were not available and you couldn't buy your base level sailor inks, which is what the gentle is. And now the manual lineup, hopefully that's the base level ink. And I'm happy with that. Like that's, it's a really good ink. It's a good quantity for a fair price. And I, that's fine if that's the replacement of the gentle inks. So Early next year, they'll probably just cancel the Manio ink lineup, and then we'll have to put a topic in the show notes again, and then, then I'll yell about it. Eh, it's it's kind of moving around. I, I was going to say something I didn't mean to say, which is like moving around the deck chairs, but that's not mm-hmm. what I meant to say, because that makes it seem like that they're going down, because it's a reference to right. the Titanic. But um, 
Which it really kind of seems like it might be the opposite for Sailor now, depending on what we were talking mm-hmm. about last week. But I think this is just a change in product offering, change in branding. Clearly, the Gentle was not selling. Otherwise, you wouldn't get rid of it. Um, well, yeah, they cannibalize their own products constantly. Well, sometimes you need to do that. <laughs> but so, like, you know, like sometimes that's it, right? Like, if things stop, you you got to keep developing, and there's only so many types of products Sailor can make. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they if they want to change what they're doing along ink, well, they're going to end up just making more ink, and then that's not going to. But but then something that they are doing alongside is. I assume this is their new ink cartridge technology that we've been talking about. Um, right. For the Four Seasons Shikiori ink, mm-hmm. um, which seems, I don't know, like the sailor of North, North America is saying that this seems to be a big deal that I maybe I'm not aware of, but what's going on here with this? I mean, they're basically taking their awesome ink colors, the mainline ink color lineup that contains like Yamadori oh. and Ken Makuse and some of these other inks that are super popular and turning them into a cartridge product, which, you know, the cartridge products are, I love cartridges, but they're the most inefficient way to ink your pens, right? Price per milliliter wise, right? They're outrageously expensive for what they are, which tells me that they're probably a good, a decent profit center. If you buy cans of soda instead of large bottles of soda. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, if you look on the store shelves, what do you see more of? Generally, cans. But although I guess it's it's even, but most people buy cans. I I mean, I love the I love ink cartridges. They're just inefficient and expensive for what they are. But I like that Sailor's doing this. What's funny is is they marketed this as I guess limited edition. Like this isn't gonna stay. But I would like to just see them stay and make this part of the product lineup. Um, I would use them. Um, yeah, maybe they will. Ease of use. Like, a, a real great way to see if people are interested in something is to release it in a small batch first. I was just going to say the Shikiori lineup is the same color lineup that they did in those brush pens that I love, right, that I ordered from Japan. Mm. Um, I, I like that they're leaning into this as different products for all of these different ink colors. Like, this is, like, one... I, I like this more than, like, the Cocktail Series and the new King of Pen, to be perfectly honest, right? That just goes into, like, what you were saying about we were talking about, you know, cannibalizing your own products. Like how many new things can you come up with? And I think that's, I think sailor, mm, I don't want to say they had their directionless. It's just like they're shotgunning it right They're Just, it's just, mm-hmm. they're doing everything at once and it could use a little bit of a refinement. So maybe we're seeing that in the gentle ink discontinuation. That's fine. That's, that's low hanging fruit, but maybe they're going to start to refine some of the other things in the next year or two. Um, so we'll see. I'm you know, particularly I, interested in seeing what these cartridges are like. I think the packaging on them is kind of fascinating and maybe mm-hmm. overkill. Um, I want to see what these things are all about. Yeah. Oh, I will definitely get some. I will definitely get some. And just to put a bow on this whole discussion, we talk about Sailor so much because no one else is doing this. This is in the span of the last week, essentially. The cartridges I had lined up to talk about last week, we they just didn't fit in. But like, no one else puts out content like sailor does in our industry and that's why we find them so fascinating because number one we really like the style and the aesthetic and the quality and they're they're very good pens to recommend and they're just excellent writers but then again like every few days there seems like they're launching some product and it's like we can't help but talk about it and i don't know i'm wondering how this affected them the last few years with all the things and if we're going to see some change in the coming years so i'm sure we'll talk about it i'm I'm pretty sure that sailor will be mentioned in future podcast episodes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i i didn't buy any of this sailor stuff because i spent all my money on something else mike oh yeah yeah but first, uh, oh. let's talk about our good friends at ExpressVPN. Okay, I know what's going on here. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We're all browse the internet. We love to do it, right? This is what we do all the time, especially these days. I feel like I'm online more than I've ever been. But when you're browsing, you don't necessarily want the ability for anybody in the world to know what you're doing. You don't want wide sets of people or just companies. You know, Maybe you don't want your internet service provider 
knowing what you're up to or some government agency or whatever, depending on where you are in the world, this can pose different issues. We all know about incognito windows, but even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced uh, via your service provider. It's possible for that to happen. It doesn't matter where you get your internet from. Uh, you would need ExpressVPN to help you get around this if that's something that you want in your toolkit. ExpressVPN is the app that can reroute your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. It's available on all of your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you to not be using it. This could be just a peace of mind thing, and that's why I like having ExpressVPN around. If I ever am in a situation where I feel like I want to just make sure that I'm being completely safe, turn on ExpressVPN, it's ready in just a few clicks, and I'm good to go. Um, whenever I'm, if I am ever connected to uh, networks that I'm unsure of, it's just a thing that I really love to have available to me. You can protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so we had a pen release that we have been waiting for since we saw the materials from our friend Jonathan Brooks, and that's the Leonardo Memento Zero Grande fountain pen in primary manipulation. I don't even know where to begin <laughs> with this one, other than when I saw the pictures of the Stromboli, which is one of the colors, and the Vesuvio, which is the second color, which we'll dig into both of those here in a minute. I, like, my jaw dropped, mm -hmm. right? I'm already a huge Leonardo fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Carolina Pen Company fan. I'm a huge Primary Manipulation fan. And my jaw just hit the deck. And then I looked at the price. <laughs> and then I just calmly stepped away from the browser for a minute and, and had to think. So tell me about your thoughts when you saw this fountain pen drop in our feeds what this was two days ago monday maybe did this happen i saw these some few days ago i think yeah um and so leonardo teased them first and then all the retailers started yeah and i've been trying to get my hands on one Mm -hmm. Now, I don't really know the situation here, but I contacted Leonardo via Instagram and they mm -hmm. sent me via an email address. And the last I heard, I'm waiting on a price. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I have entered into some magical realm here, but mm -hmm. I feel like I, I didn't, I have not tried to throw my weight around. I just asked. <laughs> so, uh, look. I want one of these big time. Uh, the Vesuvio is the one for me, which is the dark, mm -hmm. the one which has more red than green because I already have mm -hmm. a green primary manipulation mm -hmm. um, and a different one that is a, uh, a Newton pen. Yep, they're fa they look absolutely fantastic, and and I'm you know I've, I mentioned this before, like I'm intrigued about Leonardo because you talk so highly of them. Mm -hmm. um, and this has an interesting uh, piston mechanism, which apparently can hold all the ink in the world inside of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get one of these. So my path <laughs> on this was exactly what I said. It's like, holy cow, this is amazing. And then I saw the prices, and let's not beat around the bush here. So... Uh, in the U.S., $649. Oh, let, let me be clear up front. There's only 50 of each pen, right? I don't think I said that in the beginning. So there's 50 green Stromboli and 50 red. Not numbered. Not numbered, yeah, but just 50 were made. They got a hundred, what they say, they got 140 rods from Brooks, were able to make 100 pens and 50 of each of the, the main two colors. So the Stromboli and Vesuvius of uh, Vesuvio. And... 
I, I was like, I can't do that. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, I was looking on, on the European sites and they're less expensive, but they're still like 480 euros, 500 euros, something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, okay, I need to, like, I'm okay not getting this because of the price. And then I thought about it <laughs> some more. I, I let it sit for like a day and I was like, well, I'm going to buy one of their new piston fillers, right? One of the new piston filler mechanisms that they're going to drop this year or maybe have just dropped um, around the time of this. And I think they may come in steel nibs and gold nibs. I don't know. But the the piston fillers are still going to be like $400, $500 with gold nibs. And both of these models, the primary manipulation models, have gold nibs. So I said... I think I'm going to regret not trying to buy one of these. And I wasn't sure I can get one. So I started poking around all the different sites that had this up for sale and out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And I found it at Fonta Plumo, which has sponsored the blog, the Penatic blog. In How the past. many websites can carry a pen where there's only 50 of them? Exactly. So when I decided to buy it, I was like, well, I'll just. I wanted the green one, so I wanted Stromboli, surprisingly. I thought that um, Vesuvio might be my jam, but I think I'm going to be happy in the long run with with Stromboli. These names are so funny. Um, And so I found it, and I've put in a pre-order, and I'm going to pay like $125 less than on the U.S. market. Now, I'm sure my sponsors and advertisers will not like me saying that, but that's just the situation that we deal with with these different international pricing schemes. <laughs> that's the wrong word. I don't mean it in a derogatory manner, but that's what Pelican does, right? So if you're interested in a Pelican pen, there's places where you can save in a not insignificant amount of money. And Fanta Plumo had the Stromboli in an extra fine nib. They had no Vesuvios and they had no other nibs in the Stromboli. And I was like, well, I guess that's my sign. So I have a pre-order. I still don't know that that means that I for sure get it. I guess it does. Like I've paid my money, right? Where you haven't paid your money. Like you're waiting on an answer. I think if you want one of these, you're going to have to put it, you need to hang up after this uh, call and put in the work to see if anyone has one of the 50 red ones available for you to buy. Like, well, I don't, I'm not even convinced I'm going to get one. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to Leonardo. Pens. Yeah. Good. They're not selling the pen. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but there, I, I have been talking to a person and I'm waiting for them to send me, uh, a price like so i don't know what's going on uh but like i'm not gonna push it i want one but like i'm not gonna go wild on it like yeah it's just it is what it is like i've i've been conversing with someone who has given me an email address and i've been talking to whoever it is on the other side of this email address (laughs) and if i get one i get one if i don't i don't uh i'll be disappointed if i don't get one but i'm not I'm not now going to go and start shaking down trees. like Right. Right. So that, that was how I was. Like My initial reaction was like, I need to wait. Yeah. And then I waited a day and thought about it more. And at that point, when I made that first decision, I knew that the odds of me getting one were super low at that point. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't get one. And I would have been totally fine with that. But like I said, what pushed me over to just go ahead and try to find one was that I was going to buy one of their piston filler, other piston fillers, regardless of whether, you know, if this didn't come out, I was buying one of their piston fillers. Well, I'll pay a little bit more to get this really, really special one, you know, probably like a hundred dollars more than I would have. And then I still, you know, um, so my final price was $526 shipped. So I felt, you know, it is what it is. Like it's obviously crazy expensive, but the standard piston fillers are probably like around 400 with the gold nib. So I, that's how I justified it to myself. And uh, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to get it. God, it is so pretty. It is beautiful. And uh, yeah, but I really didn't know what I was going to do uh, about buying one. And uh, I just kind of went for it. 
So that's why that's why I don't buy all the all the things all the time. So when you can have something like this pop up and you want it, you you just kind of go for it. And now I probably need to go sell some pens. <laughs> Maybe some other Leonardo's like this one's going to usurp. Everyone that I follow uh, in the pen world on Instagram in the last forty eight hours has been freaking out about tomorrow River paper. <laughs> Yeah. I got a lot of emails, a lot of tweets, yeah, for sure. What's going on with Tomorrow River Paper? Well, let's let's start with this. So, um so my good friend Daryl, who runs Musubi, I like Daryl so much because he is really smart biz a really smart business person. I love what he's built. And in just in talking to him, you know, just offline at a pen show, you know, in Slack, he is he takes the tack of being just like completely open, honest, and direct on business things, right? Which I feel that I'm that way too. So I appreciate someone who just lays it out there in no uncertain terms that this is the deal. And I trust Daryl, you know, implicitly with like business and questions. And with Masubi, if people aren't familiar with Masubi, they should be. They're a notebook maker. And we've talked about the story of Masubi. And you should go read why Masubi exists and what their what their story is. Um, and then you'll understand more about why Daryl's so passionate about what he does. But over the past couple of years, Daryl's essentially become all of our paper guru, right? Because he deals with printing and he's over in Asia. I believe he's in Singapore. Um, and he deals with a lot of the print shops and uh, paper makers and manufacturers. So he's kind of on the front lines of making notebooks over there. And his Masubi journals began with the standard Tomoe River paper. So what Daryl has come to find out over the past year or so, Tomoe, the overarching company that makes Tomoe River paper, is toning down or lowering the priority of making paper for personal use, which is kind of where Tomoe River falls, if I'm reading this correctly. So we'll link to the article. Daryl put out a whole article that you should go read. You should... You know, I'm probably going to butcher part of this because um, I didn't take separate notes. So I'm just going off memory from what I read. But basically, Daryl is saying the paper's changing and you should know this going forward because we're going to continue to use Tomoe River paper. And I'm not in a position to tell you, is this better or is this worse? But I am in a position to tell you this is different and here's how. So let me just give a quick recap of the Tomoe River paper and what changes it's going to make. It's a real quick, um, well, real short list of what Daryl listed. He says, is the paper any different? In short, yes. The new Tomoe River exhibits the following changes. It's a few microns thicker than the previous version. As a result, it's stiffer and less crinkly than the old version. The writing experience is different. There's no good way to describe it, but the paper feels a little drier and has more drag. Some inks show up on the new version as a slightly different color from what you might used be used to in the old version. So those are what has changed. What hasn't changed, he says, the new version still so shows sheen and other properties of ink well. The dry time is still the same. That's to say the ink dries slowly on Tomoe River as it always has. So that's the kind of change that's going. It sounds pretty big. <laughs> like a big change to me <laughs> i'm anxious to try out the new one and the thing that daryl made clear is they don't know daryl the end receivers of the product don't know when the cutover took place but it was so long ago that they can't get the old stuff anymore right they have whatever inventory they have of air quote the old stuff and the new stuff was implemented basically just, I won't want to say without telling people, but just kind of blindly by suppliers and manufacturers. So I find this whole thing very interesting because of, of the altar that Tomoe River has been placed upon in our community, right? It's a beloved product. And so many companies have made their living off of an, a paper product that is so good for fountain pen use. And I just wonder, you know, we'll see in the end, you know, once 
the new Tomoe River has made its way through the manufacturing cycle and it's completely taken over from the old version of the paper if it's still as popular as it is. But it kind of stinks that Daryl has to make this post, right? It's It stinks because everyone knows what they had now, and now they don't know what they have. So, And it's just a weird place to be for manufacturers like Daryl or makers like Daryl to have a, you know, couple tiers above, you know, big company just kind of implementing these de- de- decisions without, like, all of the detail. Basically... The, the big company saying, yeah, this doesn't really rank in what we're trying to do anymore. So we'll just, we're going to make what we make and that's what you're going to get. So you have any thoughts on this? Who makes it? I, I, I'd have to look up the company. It's a, it's a large paper company. I, right. I forget the name, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge, huge uh, print company. Right. And I've, I've looked it up before and I, I just don't have it on the top of my head. Yes. It's weird. I mean, it could still be good. Totally. But might not be what people are expecting or used to. It might just become, this is a very good fountain pen paper, rather than like, this is the holy grail of fountain pen paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the the Daryl, I I implore y'all to go read this post by Daryl. He did a great job. He's one of the questions he he wrote to himself in in the article. Is there any way to tell the two versions apart? from the packaging or product codes and the answer is no, right? It's just like a feel thing, like from someone who's very experienced, like Daryl handling this stuff all the time. And then he even goes into the different weights of Tomoe River paper and how that's just complicated. And it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a, it's just such a, a, this is why like we love doing shows like the pen Attic because we can get into this minutia and um, it's just, it's really, really cool. So he's uh He's on top of things, and you should follow Masubi, and you should follow Daryl, um, and and all of his insight because he is really, really good at what he does. And uh, I would be remiss to say that I didn't go and order a couple of notebooks from him <laughs> right after reading the article. Um, I don't even know what paper I'm getting, so but it doesn't matter. It's I've I've bought his notebooks in the past, and I've always given them away. They're great, great high end, high quality notebooks. You know, they're very expensive. Um, so I've used them for giveaways and prizes and things like that. And I've never kept one for myself. So I finally ordered me one. So we'll talk about that when I get it in. What a strange story. Yeah. And right now, all of his inventories, the, he had, he is stockpiled on the old Tomoe River. But like at some point, he'll be cutting over. So if you want some old Tomoe River, he's got it. For me, with stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would make the decision not to buy it. So like when something mm-hmm. like this happens, I kind of just want to cut myself off because it's going to go. I don't want to like, like this is something for me personally. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy, not that I'm saying not to buy Daryl's notebooks. Oh, shit. Yeah. But for me personally, like I wouldn't want any more notebooks or tomorrow River paper in them in the way that I know it because I just feel like I'm delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I'm personally more in the habit of like, get the new thing and try it. If I don't like it, try and find something that can replace it rather than just like keep dragging my feet with the old thing. Yeah. And Daryl makes a point is like, people should be aware of like going all FOMO on something like this. And I try to practice what I preach, you know, like I bought the the primary manipulation pen, but it would be okay if I didn't didn't get it like it's not the end of the world there's always going to be something next you know i learned that years ago with appropriately enough the sailor the original sailor apricot gentle ink that we just talked about which is why i always find that the the recreation of those inks so funny because i bought like two or three bottles of apricot because oh no it's my favorite it's going away but you know what (laughs) not only did sailor bring it back a couple years there's other inks that are just as good so Will we find a, a Tomoe River replacement that's just as good? Well, I don't know. That might be a little tougher. That's why this paper is so beloved for fountain pen users. But I don't know. Maybe we will. And maybe but, um, it opens I, the door for somebody else to come in and do it. Yeah, totally. And from my personal use case perspective, I almost never use Tomoe River. 
none of my active notebooks are Tomoe River. None of my side notebooks are Tomoe River. I just rarely use it because I use, I only like it for fountain pens and I use so many non-fountain pens that it's just not super functional for me. But for fountain pen users, I, I, I do think it's the best. Should we do some hashtag AskTPA questions before we finish today? Yeah, let's hit a couple. All right, we have a long one from Todd. I think there's a few questions yeah. in here. Yes. I was watching one of Brad's Twitch streams recently on YouTube. Brad does post his Twitch streams on YouTube, so you can that's another place if you miss the streams, you can get them there. Specifically, the CW Pencil unboxing for their local-themed box, when Brad pulled out what I believe was a general stenographer pencil that was sharpened on both ends. So I sharpened both ends of one of my Mitsubishi 9000 HP pencils to try it <laughs> out. I think this is a pretty... Eff- I think this is pretty efficient as no matter which way I pick up the pencil, I can write immediately and I can write for twice as long without having to stop for sharpening. I was curious what your thoughts on this would be and if you know of anyone else who does it. So I loved this idea when I saw it and the the chat in the stream at the time mentioned that it's or in or the copy on the CW pencils. Uh, they always do a little note about what each pencil is and that people would sharpen both ends for this exact reason. Like if they're heavy writers, it would, you know, lengthen the time they could write without having to stop to sharpen. And I forget who it is. I, le- I learned it from the Erasable podcast. I don't know if it was Thoreau or Hemingway or one of the the famous writers that that they all very much enjoy at the start of a writing session. Aren't they the guys who use Moleskine notebooks? No, <laughs> no, no. They use the other brand that that shall not go named on this on this show. <laughs> oh, it's Steinbeck. So the the it's Steinbeck. They Steinbeck would at the start of a writing session would sharpen like two dozen pencils, so he didn't have to use one pencil, write it dull, stop, sharpen. It would just get dull, go to the next sharpened pencil, and then when all the dozen pencils was dulled out he knew that how many approximately how many words he had written and how many, you know, how much time that took and what, and that he was accomplished that day because he used all two dozen pencils or whatever. And this is the same kind of thing is, is you just have more writing time dedicated to writing as opposed to stopping and sharpening every few minutes. So yeah, I think it's a super efficient, super good idea. And that's why I don't really do this with my pencils, but I, I'm such a fan of the non-eraser pencils as it is. I should probably do it more. Uh, The next question from Todd is, about two weeks ago, my wife gave birth to our third daughter. Congratulations to you both and to you all. So Mm -hmm. I commemorated the event of a new pen. With my two other daughters, I purchased a Lamy Safari limited edition color for 2015 and 2017, but I didn't really care for this year's colors, so I opted for the Sailor Pro Gear Slim Blue Dwarf. I know Mike has commemorated important events of a new pen, but I was wondering if Brad ever does this. I do not. I don't think I ever have. And I probably should. Like, I'm totally, I'm pro this yeah. idea, right? Like, we've talked about it with you. Uh, Todd just did it to commemorate, commemorate a birth. I was um, on the Focus podcast with uh, David Sparks and Mike Schmitz. Mike does this when he finishes. Kind of like you, Mike. Um, when a big work project gets completed, you celebrate and therefore you have this kind of memento of that time and that accomplishment. And I love that so much. Um, Maybe I'm just not as accomplished as you. I don't know. I will also (laughs) say just, just kind of like to put all my cards on the table. Sometimes it's nice to retroactively uh, apply Mm -hmm. a pen purchase to an event as a justification for spending the money you've spent. Yeah, and I'll give you the real reason why I don't celebrate the events because I buy so many pens anyway. <laughs> I have breakfast <laughs> let's today. Just, let's be true. <laughs> let's be true in, in what's really happening with me. It's because I already have the pen <laughs> because I've bought it regardless of... But it's a day that ends in Y. Yes, I will have the primary manipulation Leonardo Memento Zero. So there you go. <laughs> uh, final question from Todd. Uh, will a pen sleeve for a pocket carry prevent a pen with a threaded cap or barrel from unscrewing, or does it just prevent scratches and dings from occurring on the pen body? It'll mostly prevent it from unscrewing, right? Because there's not as much play in if it's in a sleeve than it would be in a pocket or a bag or a backpack. Right. So 
Um, and you're going to find that to be more of an issue with, with issue with metal barrel pins. That's the ones you find unscrewing. I tend to have some of my Kavecos, like my Kavecos steel lily put ballpoint tends to unscrew all the time. And you can, you know, you can apply something to it. I don't know. I don't know that you want to put be putting silicone on there, but you you just got to kind of break it in, wear it out a little bit and it'll stick a little bit better. Mm. But the 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 pin sleeve will prevent prevent the unthreading or the unscrewing of the threads in the barrel just because it doesn't have that much wiggle room. It's interesting that that happens. Is it like friction that's doing it? Like what is it that's unscrewing it? It's I only find it on metal pins. I rarely find this on plastic pins. But it's just the vibration with the metal being, I, I guess, just a, a harder material. It, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, attach that well to itself. So just the vibration of just walking around with the pen in your pocket and just might take, you know, like a one eighth twist off of that pen. And once it starts going, that's the problem. Like when it comes unseated the first time, right, right, right? Mm-hmm. and then it just starts. It can just start spinning. But you know, it's not an outrageous problem. It's something you see from time to time with metal pins. It's nothing I really ever concerned myself with, to put it that way. Well, you're not an EDC person either. True. Uh, at Boss Baker asks, should I be concerned with the warning that came with my new Sailor Wicked Witch of the West to only use Sailor inks because of the coating on the nib? Love this question. Absolutely yep. love this question. Because and- it's a it's a question designed to scare you. <laughs> Yeah. Right, like it's, not a question, but like a statement. It is. It's completely self-protected warranty issues from the companies who do this. You will find every company generally, every like OEM pen and ink manufacturer will have this statement somewhere on their paperwork that you're going to void their warranty. Now, I what what I will say on this note is that you can look at it in multiple ways. You can look at it as a company trying to get more money out of you (laughs) by asking that you only use their ink. But if it is in the case of a warranty, meaning that they will fix your pen if it breaks, if it is something that an ink could have caused, it is not fair to in my opinion for somebody to or for a company to be able to predict and protect themselves against literally anything you could be putting in that pen mm-hmm. like because we know that there are inks that can damage pens and if you use one of those the damage is is in some instances almost inevitable and I feel like it can't be a thing that a company can protect itself from persistently forever. Uh, what what they can do is say, we, we know our inks work. Does that, mm-hmm. does that yeah. make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, the company's saying, we built these things to work together. If you choose to use something else, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, when you know anything else is is fine so i think the real answer you're getting to or want boss baker is what's going to affect the plating on your black ion nib and i have found that i have not had any inks cause a problem with any of my black ion nibs but as i clean them repeatedly i will knock some of the luster off right they're not as shiny as before and that's just something i deal with because i want a clean pen so yeah. the ink does work well but is the plating as pristine as the day when i bought the pen the answer is no but that comes from from cleaning of the pen it's abrasion right mm-hmm. that's doing it yeah yep so so you I, know I, just I, don't I, go wild use inks from brands that you know and can trust uh don't use Bay State Blue. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sailor could come out with an ink. Like, one of their colors could damage their ion nibs, like, just randomly. So, yeah, I use what you want gonna in cover the pen you, you though, want. right? Like, if that's the yeah. case. But, but, yeah. Well, then you just say that's the ink you used. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't, I don't put it this way. I don't ever worry about using any ink in any pen, you know, as long as I have good pen hygiene. 
Kugelaya asks, I am down with my fountain pens, but how do I learn about the different kinds of paper? What is the best paper that's available in loose sheets for letter writing, for example? Yeah, again, the paper discussion is so deep and nuanced. And I hate paper today. <laughs> today yeah, I hate you're, paper. You're having I'm paper dealing issues. with paper problems, and I hate paper. Paper sucks yeah. and should die. Daryl's having away. paper issues. Yeah, paper is, is so difficult, but it's so important for a good writing experience. So let me tell you this. The best paper that's available in loose sheets for letter writing is Clairefontaine Triumph even though it, I think it just comes in a pad, but the top, the top edge of the pad, the glue bound pad, pad when, you, when you remove it, you can't tell it looks like a loose sheet. And that way you don't have to deal with loose, actual loose sheets, you know, being I loose. would just like to say <laughs> this, this paper is actually called Triumph. Triumph, that is. Yeah. I, I say that wrong all the time. Yeah, it tri- is triumph. triumph is not going to get you what you're looking yeah. for. This That's is a, a very French word here. Yeah. Well, um, it's the so, same word, but it's just in French and English. Agree. And I always say triumph, but I tend to write that word more than I say it out loud. Right. So uh, then I, I just, I get lost sometimes. But yes, uh, Kruger, I, if you just want a simple, direct answer for fountain pens, you're going to win with Clairefontaine Triumph. And outside of that, like the rabbit hole is infinitely deep yeah. right we can once you decide that you like something like that then we can decide if you want something different and then we can explore but that's that's going to be the one you start with because it's so so good and finally today from mal bonagino genio mal bonagino we'll go with that bonagino uh, bonagino what would you guys like to see innovation wise in the fountain pen and stationary sectors? This is always the greatest question that's so hard to answer. And a lot of it is, for me, and we've said this before when we've answered this question even years ago, is seeing more small makers involved in larger scale projects, which we just saw with Brooks in the primary manipulation. We saw Gina at Custom Nib Studio making nibs for Estherbrook. I want to see that community outreach into, or the the bigger companies reach into the community for collaborations. Now, that's not an innovation necessarily. I don't think that's the answer you're looking for from a technical perspective, which I think is how the question's asked. But that's what I see and what I like to see because that leads to innovation, you know, with Jonathan and materials and Gina with access to nib work that people didn't have access before, which leads into more usage and more popularity. Now, pure innovation wise, I have no idea. Like I love seeing things like the Curidos. Like I love that we saw the Curidos come out, right? We raved about Mm -hmm. the existence of that pen. At least I raved that I am so happy that this pen exists, whether it's good or bad. It needs to exist. So, yeah, it's new. It's different. It, they're trying. Like Platinum tried. Like to, whether they succeed is to be determined. But they tried. So what? What do you like to see? I'm maybe going to go a little bit out there with this one. Um, but I would like to see some advancements in just-in-time manufacture to allow mm-hmm. for consumers to have more customization in products. Mm-hmm. So let's look at our friends over at Sailor. Mm-hmm. We all have the idea of what we would like our own Sailor Limited Edition to be. Like, Could there be something that could allow you to go to a website and say, I want this body, this cap, this grip, this nib, and have that made? Mm-hmm. Like That would take a lot. Like A lot has to be done to make that a sustainable business model. But that would be innovation, right? And, and and a lot of that would have to be done by robotics, which, funnily mm-hmm. enough, could work in Sailor's <laughs> favor if they wanted to go mm-hmm. down that route. But, like, I know that you do this mm-hmm. already at Spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a limited sense, right? In the, if I'm yeah. right, you can choose a body and cap combo, right? Well, with the pencils, you can choose a body and grip style. The pins you can choose what we've pre-built 
so you can't actually go pick and choose uh, the uh, full okay. setup but we mix and match the setups enough to give you more choice if that makes sense so but i i agree with you completely and you know who can do this who should do this who Hi- hire me lammy ah uh. Yeah, okay. But they you would see crush what I'm saying, this because though, right? you have to start this at the entry level price point. You have to say this pen is $50, not $250, mm. right? I'm going to let you build this Safari or this All Star, and it's going to cost you $55, $75, but you get to pick all the parts. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, plastic molded machine parts. It's, yeah, it's right there. It's right there. That's why I love them so much. Like it's man, it is right there in front of them. You know, Nike have done this for so many years. Yeah, I have right. a pair with Nike yeah. ID. Yeah, this could be a thing that a reasonable size pen manufacturer could get into, mm-hmm. and if it was done right, could be done with profit in mind. But it yeah. would it would it's not easy. Right. Yeah. Like, Again, it's it's marketing, right? If Lamy does this and they get that new customer that can custom build their pen, the next thing they go is, oh, look at that Lamy two thousand. Yeah. And now you have a Lamy customer. Yeah. It's customer acquisition and marketing. Right. That's it for this week's episode. You can find links and show notes uh, in your app of choice, or you can go to relay.fm/penaddict/slash/four-one-eight. If you want to find Brad online, you can find him on Twitch. He's at 10 a.m. Eastern time, Tuesdays and Thursdays at twitch.tv slash penaddict. You can also find Brad on social media. He's penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter. And also, of course, you can find Brad's writing along with many other very talented pen reviewers at penaddict.com. You can also go to knock.co and spokedesign.com. Uh, yeah, calm, calm, calm. I hadn't yeah. finished. I hadn't finished. I was okay, just saying okay. it slowly, uh, mm. just so people could really understand that one. So you can buy some of Brad's products there as well. I am, I'm Mike. I am YKE. Thank you so much to Express VPN for sponsoring the show, and to you, the Pen Addict listener, for making it possible. And if you're a Pen Addict member, Real FM member supporting Pen Addict, thank you especially uh, for helping make this show uh, possible every single week week we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad <laughs>